Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, Andy and I are going to be talking about what Top Gun can teach us about marketing. Andy, I'm very excited. Why are you excited, Joe? Well, this is the first time we've gone live with the podcast in our online community. Oh, wow. Do we need to watch our language then? Probably not. Okay. Fuck them. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So, Top Gun. What's all that about then? Um, well, as you well know, very good 80s film that's recently had a sequel, Top Gun Maverick. Um, and there's a lot of parallels with marketing. It might not seem it on the surface. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, ultimately, it's a Top Gun is like the elite training uh, center for anyone in the US Navy who flies. Um, I can't remember what they actually call it. Naval Aviator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And in in the original film, Tom Cruise goes there to to train. Uh, He has like a rival. And during the course of the training, he loses a friend. And that's kind of the the crux of the original film. In the sequel, he goes back to train the the new bods uh, because they've got a really dangerous mission that's borderline impossible. Um, and, and a lot of it is about achieving something that feels unachievable, focus, um, and yeah, with a bit of eighties nostalgia thrown in. Nice, excellent. I met Tom Cruise once. Yeah, go on. I went to the premiere of um, the Last Samurai. Did you? Bloody Did you meet Billy film. Connolly as well? Then yeah, he must have been there, but I was quite pissed. Um, Emma was very pissed. She had to keep going to the toilet. It's a very long film. I love um, that film. But yeah, she said, oh, "Awesome film." He went, "Thanks, man." I walked off and that was it. But, but very nice. ultimately... Same height as me, so I like him. You've spoken to Tom Cruise. Yeah, and looked him in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm just looking at people at chest height. Right. So, Which is okay at the Page 3 convention. Oof, definitely can't say that on a podcast. Oh, right. okay. Um, people won't know what it is. That's that's old, isn't it, now? Yeah, well, that's, we're throwing it back today, aren't we? So, yeah. Um, so an important message in the Top Gun films is... You're never going to succeed on your own. Like you've either got a wingman or you've got a dual seat plane or or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But but uh, in the first film, Tom Cruise learns you can't do it all by yourself. And in the second film, there's a character that has to learn the same lesson. Um, very similar with marketing, that you can't rely on a single component in a marketing campaign. I like that. I like where you're going. I thought you were going to say um, you can't do it all on your own, your marketing. Some people can, but yeah. I've got to be honest, though, the way things are going, those people will still end up outsourcing parts of it because there's just so much noise and so many platforms to choose from now. It's not a case of bunging an ad in the yellow pages. That's marketing done for 12 months. It's Facebook. It's LinkedIn. It's TikTok. It's Email, it's SEO, it's banner advertising, digital advertising. I mean, bloody hell, could go on. Yeah. So I, to do all that on your own. Whew. Like the trendy word for it a year or so ago was omnipresence. But, omnipresence. But, um, but that's the only way to be now. There's so many platforms. I think God trademarked that. Did he? I think so. I think Rob Wall's in trouble. He's omnipresent. Um, yeah. So it, you kind of... You can't get away with being brilliant mm. on in just one place anymore because all your eggs are in one basket and the rules change too much. Uh, there's plenty of businesses that have built 
by doing that. But I would say as word of warning, you, you at least need a backup. We talk a lot about scalability, don't we? So like you say, especially when you start up a business, maybe you don't have much money, you've you got to hustle, you've got to grind 24-7, do everything yourself. And yes, you can grow your business, but you'll struggle to scale it without basically burning out or it will just take you a shitload longer to mm. reach your goal than it would have done if maybe you sought help. Yeah, so, you know, for example, on our webinar campaign, we've got a webinar coming up, tell you more about that later. Um, we're generating leads from multiple sources. So so we could have, for example, a Facebook paid campaign, a Google paid campaign, a TikTok paid campaign, a LinkedIn paid campaign. We've also got our organic. So that's across Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. And then we've got word of mouth. We've got uh, our database. So email marketing, we've got SMS marketing. So they're all multiple components pointing at the same thing. And then off the back of that, with the data, we can look at, right, who, what leads came from where, which ones converted, so were the best the best leads for us, who showed up, uh, and then make decisions on where we're going to focus our next campaign. It's just come to me now. That's just like Maverick and Goose. Maverick's there, driving the plane, doing all the marketing, but you've got someone sat behind you, like sifting through the data, tweaking it. Oh, brilliant, Joel. Inspired. Yeah, told you. Top Gun is like marketing. So, spoiler alert: Goose dies. Whoa! In the first film, not not not. Yeah, it doesn't come back for the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike what happened in the Ghostbusters Afterlife, but yeah. we disagreed on that because I, I really enjoyed that one. You weren't sure, were you? I didn't think it did anything. Hmm. I'm just a big Paul Rudd fan. Anything with Paul Rudd in oh, yeah. is made better. He is Apart good. From friends, he fucked up in. Friends. He is good in, in Ghostbusters Afterlife. He's very good in Ghostbusters Afterlife. But I just felt like that. Particularly the, the top role models, obviously. Well, the first film has very, very snappy, dry humour to the point where some people wouldn't even know. It, very sad in a lie, wasn't it? They, they, yeah. they were jokes, yes. Where, like, this one is, the humour's much more accessible. It's it, on the times, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I like, I like that kind of, like, Bill Murray couldn't be Peter uh, Venkman. So how, how do you sit with films of that sort of ilk and time that probably, well, I suppose wouldn't get made today, but there might be references where you think, ooh, couldn't say that now. So you know, so you know, like Flash Gordon mm. now on Sky comes with a warning saying this may contain stereotypes that, that, are, not uh, that, that are not acceptable now and weren't acceptable then yeah. because Emperor Ming... Is played by a white man. And looking Asian and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so there are probably still things in Ghostbusters now that might be... Nowadays might be considered one of the famous sexist. one of the famous lines in Ghostbusters definitely couldn't be said now. Oh, what's that? Uh, well, basically, a black man says, "I've seen shit that'll turn you white." Uh, and, uh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure a studio exec wouldn't. Oh, I mean, the way he says it is 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 hilarious. But I'm pretty Too sure a studio exec wouldn't let that through now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's um there's a new Jim we're going off topic now but um, I saw a Jimmy Carr clip on um, Instagram last night and it's him opening up a show basically doing an impression of what um, people seeing a show would be saying to their kids in ten years time and basically trying to explain what a joke is what that man's up on stage doing and making people laugh because basically kids in ten years time be offended by everything won't understand what a joke is because no one's making jokes because everyone's going to get offended by something. Yeah, I hope that's not the case because I think I, I, I see 
obviously, I see the point he's trying to make. Obviously, he's totally exaggerating it for the point of humour. But there are a lot of things. I mean, I say stuff now, and I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. And I don't mean anything no. maliciously. It's just that because you do it every five minutes. <laughs> well, um, I was listening to a James Smith podcast the other day, and he was talking about the in-betweeners. And that's only about 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, absolutely right? no way that would get made now. Yeah, so in 10 years' time. Little Britain, for example. Oh, God, like, yeah. But, but we knew at the time Little Britain was wrong. It, that's the point. That was the joke. But in between us, yeah, that wouldn't get made now, and that's a lot softer than Little Britain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how do we get on to that topic? Don't know. We digress a lot on these podcasts. So, new to our podcast. Ir- yeah, ironically, ironically something right. Top Gun marketing, but perhaps we don't have, is you need to be laser-targeted. Oh, I see what you've done there. And laser targeting features heavily in both films. So, was it featuring the first one? Yeah. Second one, obviously, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Right, Bob. He wears glasses. Yeah. Is that allowed? He, he flies a plane. Or wouldn't, get, wouldn't get in the RAF, would he? Or would he get in the Navy? Is that is that real? In my day, I couldn't join the police because I was too short. I don't know what the rules now, are in America. Let, like anyone of any height, join the police. Hmm. Don't know. Hmm. I couldn't join. Couldn't join the Navy. Um, my eyesight wouldn't be good enough as, as a pilot. Um, plus, every time you eject, apparently you lose a, lose a centimetre in height, and I can't afford to lose a centimetre in height. Really? Is mm. that powerful? It compresses your spine? It's like bobsleigh uh, riders, racers, whatever yeah. you call them. Um, over the course of their career, they, they lose about three or four centimetres, the G-forces. Really? Mm. That was on a Top Gear special. When Richard Hammond got a bobsleigh and, and raced it against like a car with ice tyres. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a bobsleigh run once in the hope that I could have a go, but it was closed, and I think that was a good thing. Oh, oh, God, terrifies me. Yeah. But anyway, enough about my Navy pilot dreams. Lazy ta- laser targeting. Mm-hmm. Not lazy targeting, as I nearly said, which is the, the opposite of laser targeting. Um, you need to know who your marketing campaign's for, and you really need to be very, very clear on that. And yes, that voice in the back of your head would be nagging you going, oh, but someone else might want this. Well, the people, those people on the periphery will still want it. Don't worry about it, because they think they're your target audience. But you need to make sure you're aiming at your target audience, not at the people who think they're your target audience. You pick up the people on the periphery anyway, and then don't let it trickle into your mind that you're losing sales by not being broad enough, because it's just not true. This is, I mean, this almost needs to talk about in every podcast we do. I mean, it's chapter one of our book, Mm -hmm. Fuck Everything Else, Until You've Done This. That's the name of chapter one, not the name of the book. The book's called Stay Hungry. But chapter one is all about nailing your customer audience. And like I say, knowing who they are, what they do, who they hang around with, what they read, really nailing it down. Like you say, there's that fear that, oh, but what if, but what if someone on the periphery, but what if I might lose someone who might have been interested? Like, no, 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 you've got to play the odds. You need to appeal to certain demographics and then you'll build a tribe and they'll be more likely to like you, know you and trust you. Mm -hmm. Because people now, especially younger people now, they can spot it a mile off when you're trying to appeal to everyone and just by, by throwing enough shit at the wall and hoping someone will stick. Those days, like like the films we talked about, yep. th- those days are gone. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And days of Thunder, but that's probably a good thing. I really like Days of Thunder. It hurts me every time you say oh. it's no good. I don't know what your beef is. It's awful. It's just brilliant. Really? Yeah, cold trickle. <laughs> there, that's, that tells you everything he's, you need to know. He's my maverick. <laughs> just sounds like a really bad sex film. Well, maybe that's why I'm confused. <laughs> no. 
Right. Oh, God, I hope my mum's not listening to this one. Yeah, I know, considering this is our first live one on the group. Wow. Hi, everyone. Um, so, next point. Sometimes you have to have tunnel vision. Now, this isn't the same as being laser-targeted, and, and I'll explain why. Maverick in Top Gun has extreme tunnel vision. Maverick's going to do what Maverick wants to do. Now, if you've done your research, you've researched your audience, and you're adamant that your product or service is for them, there will come a point where you need to switch off from everyone else and just do what you need to do. And lots of people will be detractors from that. Lots of people will try and get in your head. Lots of people will ask you if you're sure. Give me what, give me an example. Uh, well, let's use Codebreak as an example. So three years back, you and I both decided to make the decision to merge our businesses mm-hmm. and our combined efforts would be greater than the sum of our parts. Okay. Now, we both went through a, through a situation there where we were we were fairly certain. We, we were fairly certain it was a good move. We'd worked together for a long time. Uh, we felt that the marketing would be stronger together. And people said to us, both of us, are you sure that's the right move? Do you trust this guy? Uh, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Oh, I had a business partner once and it went pear-shaped. Uh, and, and on and on it goes. And I and I've certainly got a lot more comments like that than I did positive comments. And you'll find that with every marketing or business step you make that because most people ultimately haven't done it. If only more people knew about possibility thinking. Yes. So so we've we just booked a holiday to Mallorca mm-hmm. and obviously there are problems in the airport. We're not going away for another five weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Told my mum we're going away. What's first she said? Oh but but the the, the queues at the airport are you know, what if, what if the, you're, you're at Birmingham Airport for four hours? I said, yeah, mum, what if we're not? What if we just breeze through? So many people, they just focus, not not even meaning any ill, they focus on the negative because they care ultimately. Oh, I, I don't want Andy to be stuck at the airport with the girls for ages. Or, oh, I love Joel. And who's this Andy's going into bed with? And all that stuff. People do it, I, th- I think, from a place of of love and well-meaning. But maybe as humans, our default position is to is to be negative. Yeah, I think, I think it keeps I think you safer. Though. Like maybe that's the caveman evolution. thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like when you step out of your cave, you basically got to be aware there might be a saber toothed tiger there waiting to rip your head off. My favourite dinosaur. Always was as a kid. Clearly, was yours a T Rex? Clearly not a dinosaur. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's not a dinosaur. Of course not. Dinosaurs are lizards. Absolutely ridiculous. What's a saber toothed tiger then? A bloody mammal. Well, well, Came well. well after the dinosaurs, I say. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, I was always my favourite dinosaurs as a kid. Yeah, well, now the good news is you can have a favourite prehistoric mammal and a favourite dinosaur. So it didn't die out at the same time then? No, way after. Well, well, well. And the correct answer is Triceratops. I told you guys this isn't just a marketing podcast. We're just going to teach so much. Don't get me on dinosaurs. <laughs> so when people start saying pterodactyls, dinosaurs, or. Yeah, or beavers. He's. he's Obsessive beavers, which now it's a completely different topics. Sounds totally wrong now. <laughs> Back to Maverick. Beavers. Yeah. Where's that come from? Well, you and Hannah, you always go go beaver watching, aren't I've you? I've never seen a beaver in my life. Don't you? <laughs> Listen, this could really go downhill quickly. <laughs> I don't know what you've been dreaming about. Otters, then otters. No. Is otter the same as a beaver? No. Oh, okay. Sure, you go otter spotting. No. Yeah. Well, I've got many other friends. I'm sure it was you. I just think you're making it up. <laughs> they like wildlife. What what animal can I think of that they must be looking at this? I went I went to find a moose when I was recently in America. That's a true story. Um, so 
yeah, the tunnel vision. Sometimes you've just got to get to that point and back yourself, close in, focus on what you're doing, focus on the task at hand. Not the same as the laser targeting your audience, but yeah, sometimes you've got to trust yourself. Trust what's, your what's your advice then when people might be putting you off where you think you need to go? I would weight their opinions, which is very tricky. But if it's somebody who's been there and done it before, that opinion should score far more highly than if it's your mum who's worrying about you because you're their son or daughter. Um, and that's not, just not, no disrespect to mums out there, but like my mum obviously worries about me. If I said, oh, I'm going to spend 10 grand on a marketing campaign this month, she would shit herself. Mm. Where if I spoke to you and said, Andy, we need 10 grand for this marketing campaign, you'd be like, right, where are we going to find 10 grand? <laughs> this is a completely yeah, different yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. And equally, if we went and spoke to one of our mentors who, you know, multi, multi, multi millionaires, and said, we need 10 grand for a marketing campaign. They'd say, is that it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've got to weight the opinions. It's Um, difficult, is it? Because as you always say, everyone is always an expert with other people's money, um, other people's pets, and other people's children. Those are the three things. So it's easy for them to give Uh, advice on on something maybe they're not qualified to give. But like you say, if if they've been there and done that successfully, fucking hell, yeah, listen to them, absolutely. Yeah, and a bit of a mean thing to say, but it's certainly true. If you're doing something someone else isn't prepared to do, you're also shining a light on them. And occasionally that will mean that they react negatively, but ultimately they're talking to themselves, not you. And you have to remember that, that if you're willing to put yourself through some discomfort to achieve something and someone else isn't willing to go through that discomfort, it creates envy even if they don't mean it. Mm. See that line fitness, don't we? The people who like sat on their asses all night watching telly will get wound up because their mates just done a half marathon or something. So, you know, when they make a little sarky comment or they're trolling someone, maybe they don't even know on social media. It's because ultimately they're being reminded of their own laziness. Yeah. And, and everyone's guilty of it. And I'll give a a clear example where I'm guilty of it is, uh, if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook, you'll all know those business owners that aren't in fitness but get their abs out or get their boobs out or whatever yeah, it might I'm, be. I'm sorry about that, Joel, yeah. And uh, and gain loads of attention for it. And I'll be bitter about it sometimes and be like, well, they're only getting that attention because they're half naked. And it's like, yes, but Joel, you're forgetting all the work they've put in to look that good half naked. So yeah, I need to tell myself that more often. Actually. There's nothing wrong with a one pack. <laughs> 12 pack. <laughs> right. Next one. And this is, again, linked to Maverick. Not everyone is going to like you, and that's okay. Oh, that's... uh, I still struggle with that now. Go on. Well, I think inherently we're people pleasers. Even people who say they're not, I think deep down they still still get hurt. And I'll give you Mm. classic examples. There are certain big influencers out there on social media who get a lot of shit off people who just don't like them. Mm. Um, some generally, some they're just trolls. And they say, don't bother me, doesn't bother me. Why do you fucking go on about so much then? Literally half of their content is talking about how they're not bothered by trolls. Well, you clearly are. Like, me, me thinks he doth protest too much. Bit, yep. Shakespeare, bit of Shakespeare there. Like Something else in our podcast, throwing, throwing a classical quote. But it's true. So even these big people with millions of followers can get detracted. Even yeah. um, David Goggins said that, you know, I can't think of much sort of outwardly tougher blokes than David Goggins, but he did a post the other week and he said, every now and then 
someone who get doesn't through. know yeah, will yeah. find a chink in his armour and will get through and get a rise out of him. And it's like, wow, well, if David Goggins is susceptible to what other people might say, then, then surely he, all of us are. He does that thing where he flips it and uses it as fuel, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not sure is necessarily healthy because it means that you're fueling yourself through negativity and you can get mm-hmm. yourself in, like, there's an argument to be had that sometimes David, Gog- David Goggins is hurting himself. Literally, bit, physically and yeah, mentally. Yeah. Um, but you you do have to get comfortable, and it's hard with the idea that when you're doing something other people aren't willing to do, people will um, come at you with daggers. And but Some people aren't going to like you anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if you go to school or you go to nursery school, you're just a kid. Some kids are going to like you. Others won't care either way and some won't like uh, for whatever reason I'll and give, that's life I'll give you an extreme example uh, he listens to the podcast so I won't name him um, but I've got a friend who's extremely nice he's extremely friendly and tries to make everybody feel welcome and You're I was talking chat- about me are you oh yeah sorry yeah it's you um, and I was chatting to someone about him the other day and, he, and he, they just said oh I'm not sure about him oh and really I said, what do you mean they said he's, t- he's too nice there's got to be something wrong oh <laughs> It's like, why? <laughs> why? Oh, my God. It, it, yeah, so... So you might as well just be yourself. People aren't going to like you anyway. That's yeah, what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that one. Um, wow. So, so, but from a marketing perspective, that really is a case of maybe sometimes you'll want to say something, but you're, you're chicken out of doing it because you worry maybe it's a little bit controversial or maybe you think that someone won't agree with you. So it stops you from posting. And, and that, that yeah. kind of fear can really cripple a business when it comes to marketing. Whereas yeah. Maverick, yeah, he just fucking did it. Yeah, tremendously. And like Even though it killed Goose. I think I think for business owners as well, whether they've got a marketing department or they're doing the marketing themselves or they outsource it, sometimes they avoid semi not fully controversial things, but semi controversial things in case it upsets someone that might buy. <laughs> oh, how many times have we heard that though in a conversation? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, well I could. Well, you do me a deal, Joel, because because you know if this really works, I could then spend ten times more with you, or I could recommend you to all my friends. Like yeah, coulds, woulds, shoulds, maybes. Uh, that you can't deal in that. Yeah. I deal in certainties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's that's very tricky to sort of get strong enough to be like actually for every person I put off buying my product, I've probably attracted two or three or four. Mm. So that's that one. Um, Next point, loosely connected to Top Gun, sometimes throwing back to things that have worked in the past is no bad thing. No. I mean, what's the, what's the the difference in years between the two Top Guns? The I thought you were say between me and you then. But. <laughs> That's about, well, you're three years older than me. Brilliant. Um, I think it's 36 years, isn't it, between Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick? Yes. And so, yeah, I imagine, well, a lot of the core audience is obviously going to be people our age. Mm-hmm. Or people my age, okay. Um, but a lot of youngsters as well showing an interest, and then going back to watch the other, to watch the original. Well, it's, it's interesting at the moment. So I was talking to Hannah about this, my wife. Um, fashion preferences very recently. So skate shoes are suddenly lots of people wearing Vans again, um, baggy trousers, plaid shirts. So that eighties kind of skate. Oh, what's a pla- you? You mentioned this morning. What's a plaid? Shirt? Your wife said plaid. So you well, you call it tartan, but it's not. What, a lumberjack shirt? A lumberjack shirt is played. Tartan is a different pattern. Right, okay. Um, it's what all those people, when you went moose, 
photography. Yeah, and where. skateboard as well, yeah. Oh, so, skateboard as well, okay. Yeah, so that, that trend sort of is just dying off again now. But so into it. Really good um, documentary on Sky Documentaries on Tony Hawk. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so interestingly, they rehashed the Tony Hawk game a couple of years ago. Okay. And then all these fashion trends came back round uh, again. And then now, everyone's wearing roadman coats. I say everyone, oh, young people are wearing roadman oh, coats. don't. Which is what E17 wore in the early 90s. Don't, my daughters. So like, I literally drove past someone this morning, and obviously it was quite warm at the moment, and this kid was wearing a roadman puffer coat and a baseball cap. And I was like, oh, he looks like Brian from E17. And then it clicked in my head. Oh, the trends are coming back round. Same with films. All of a sudden, people are like, well, a few years ago, everyone was into Transformers and Turtles. And now it appears, I think we're going to have a bit of a spell of 80s action rehash. So Maddie, my eldest, she's 15. She's obsessed with the 80s. Yeah, so, so Cobra Kai, Top Gun. Uh, what else? We Spies Like Us. Ghostbuster, Spies Like Us, brilliant. Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Oh, really? She listens to 80s music. Yeah, so, oh, I had another 80s film that I said we were going to watch with them. Well, yes, yeah, so Stranger Things has got oh, to God, answer yeah. for, hasn't yeah. it? Because um, that song is now in the charts. Kate Bush. Kate Bush, yeah. The... Who Maddie always used to say when I've got Kate Bush on loads of my playlists, who's this awful woman with a funny voice now? It's all about Kate yeah, Bush. Yeah, running up that hill, mm. that's it. Yeah, so sometimes when things have worked in the past, it's not, especially if there's been a break, no bad thing to bring them back around. So if you've had a lot of success with direct mail, for example, and you haven't done any direct mail for a while, it might be time now to do a new direct mail campaign. If you've had great success with Facebook and then everyone said, oh, don't go on Facebook, iOS 14, yada, yada, yada. It might be time to do it. Right, can we put this one to bed, right? Go on. The iOS update. Yes. At least once a week, someone will say to us, oh, of course, Facebook ads all went to shit with the iOS update. What happened to our clients whose ads we were running? Um, how, how, how honest do you want me to be? <laughs> well, as honest as, as, as always. So we, so, had, so we had to pivot. 32%. We had to pivot as a marketing company. Right. Um, so we had to know what was coming. But we're hearing from people, oh, my ads don't work anymore since the iOS update. Well, our clients' ads run at the same cost or better. They're not running in the same way, but they're achieving the same or better results. So there are ways to work with that update. You just have to accept that your ads are not going to get served as much on Apple devices as they were before. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Excellent. That's that one done then. Okay. Final one. Oh. Don't expect everything to go well. You'll learn more from your failures than you will from your successes. What did, what did Maverick learn the most in the, the first one? Don't leave your wingman, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah. That was his big one. He died. Don't leave your wingman. <laughs> Yeah, so and you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. Um and I guess the idea was that he would have grown up a lot but Panda he hadn't. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, that that was just say the thing that I suppose it wasn't touched upon deliberately, the fact that I think there was one comment someone said to him in the film, didn't they, about um oh, you you don't have any kids or something like that. But apart from that, you know, he he seemed pretty happy and fulfilled and wasn't a case of just because you haven't got kids or just because you're not married doesn't mean... He clearly messed that woman about time and time again for the last 20 years or whatever, though. Well, so she's the one who's referred to in the original Top Gun. So right. so in the original Top Gun, someone makes a comment to Maverick about Admiral so-and-so's daughter. Oh, and that's okay. Her. So, so he was always in the bad books with the admirals because he slept with one of their daughters. Mm-hmm. Right. Left, yeah, I'm trying to think my maths on that. 
Yeah, yeah it makes sense. That, yeah. That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, there, there's no guarantees in marketing. And, you know, not many marketing agencies will tell you that, but I'm more than comfortable saying that. You have to test and measure. And it's the stuff that goes wrong that will inform the stuff that's going well so you do more of it. And, I mean, that's a rule of life, really, but... Yeah, I mean, learning from your mistakes. Because, so, you know, keep telling the people here, the guys here, it's okay to make mistakes, you know. It's not okay to make the same mistakes over and over again. You learn from your mistakes. That ad's not working. Why is it not working? Right, okay, so let's ensure that we don't do it again. And what can we learn to, to make the other ads more effective? Mm. Um, because I think sometimes in business, it's a case of everything has to be a win. It's like... Oh, you know, we had 10 business ideas and oh, two of them didn't work. Well, that means you had eight that did, you know, without using the whole bloody Thomas Edison quote. It's okay to have some failures, some knockbacks, some ads that didn't work. Oh, I did a direct mail campaign. It was shit. So what, you just never did a direct mail campaign yeah, what, again? Tell me what was shit about yeah. it. Let's dissect it. Let's see what didn't work, what did work. Yeah. Oh, you forgot to do first-class stamps, right? Okay. Yeah, I talked to someone the other day and they were like, oh, Facebook ads, yes, they're shit. Right, tell me why. Oh, well, I boosted a post, spent 20 quid, didn't do anything for me. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, so, so you, well, one, you can't expect 20 quid to revolutionise your business. But one, two, never boost a post anyway. Do all your ads through Ads Manager to properly mm. properly use the platform. And three, it's like, do we need a third? Well, yeah, three. Um, you, you need to give it a lot more time than a 20 quid overnight boosted post to give you relevant yeah, data. Yeah, it'd be like NASA. You need goose to look at your data and work out, right, what went well, what went wrong, what what we do next time. Yeah, it'd be like NASA launching the, the Apollo missions to go to the moon. And uh, because they didn't land on the moon at first attempt, just be right. Wasn't Apollo 1. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jack it in, lads. We're giving up. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that's... That's why a lot of people don't start up business. That that fear. What if it fails? Or my mum says it's very risky to set up your own business. Or you know, at least if you're employed, you get a steady wage check every month. Yeah. But what if this turns out to be the best thing ever? Yeah. Not and, saying and, business ownership right for everyone, but and if your fear of your fear of failure is greater than your hunger for success, then entrepreneurship's not for you. Yeah. God, that's that's deep. That's that's a good one. That's. So, right, to finish off, uh, we've got a webinar coming up and we'll be running it more than once. So if you're listening to this after we've run it, um, have a look at either Andy's Insta, my Insta, the Codebreak page. You won't be able to not see it. So we'd love to see you on it. It's free to sign up. Uh, 90 minutes of your time we ask for and you will learn all about Facebook ads and some of the things we talked about on this podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Andy Rouse, 72 and Joel is Joel Stone 13, because I was born in 1972, and Joel was born... Oh, no, that doesn't work. On the 13th. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, now you know when Andy was born. So when he bullies me on this podcast in the future, just remember, 1972. All right, everyone, take care.